Hey, this is Brett from the Glorious Sons, and you're listening to The Barn and Beyond FM. Mother, I don't want to take my medicine. 24 years in the gutter Welcome to the Midwest Mixtape Podcast, live from the Barn Studios in Southeast Missouri. You got the mocks here, and I am joined with a special guest online right now, out in the country somewhere. We have Brett from the Glorious Sons. Brett, how are you, man? Hey, man. Pretty good. How are you? Doing really well. We're excited you're going to be coming into our town on the Glory Tour, Saturday, October 14th at Red Flag in St. Louis, Missouri. Show is at 7.30, doors 6.30, $23, all ages. Excited to have you back in town. Yeah, yeah, we're excited to be uh, heading out on tour. It's always, um, it's what we do. It's going to be fun. This time next week, not sure when this will be posted, but uh, you have a new record coming out, Glory. Tell us a little bit about the album Glory and uh, and what that process, the writing process and the recording process was like for you. Well, it was uh, probably like three years in the making. Um, a lot of struggles uh, in the dead of covid yeah, it just, it took a lot to kind of pull it out, but, um, you know, the main focus behind it was try to, was to try to make something that you could look back on at every song and just be proud of, uh, you know, forever. And I think that we definitely did that. I, I still get excited, uh, listening to the album and it, and it's been finished now for about six or seven months. So I'm quite happy with it. Yeah, and we want to thank your publicist. They sent us a Vance copy over, and I know you've released some songs already, but we got to hear a little bit of sneak peek on some of the other record that that other people will hear. And man, really digging this album. I love sort of all the complexities with it and the in the different sounds and styles and genres that you're pulling from. Would you say this is your most complete record? I mean, I like to think so. Yeah, uh, I think that um, it's definitely the most ambitious record for us. And there was no real way getting around that. Uh, just time and place. I think you're only kind of uh, are ready to take that step when you're ready, if you know what I mean. But um, yeah, like like I said, I think if you the main thing we were thinking about with this one was just making something that uh, you know stayed timeless in our own hearts. And, you know, that, that comes with uh, more attention to detail with the musicality, what you're writing about, and, uh, you know, finishing the product in a way where you leave as little on the table as you can. And that can kind of work against you sometimes. And, I, and even at sometimes during this process, it worked, I think, against me in parts. But, you know, I really just, I wanted to make sure that everything was tied up and the way that we wanted it before people heard it. You know, Glory seems to explore maybe deeply personal and universal themes that maybe everybody can relate to, or at least some, some points in their lives. Can you share some of the emotional truths that uh, you've tried to convey in this album and with the lyrics? 
Yeah, I can try. Um, I think when, you know, I moved out pretty much to nowhere in the middle of COVID and there wasn't much going on. We weren't touring. We weren't working. Uh, we couldn't really, we couldn't really get together as much as we wanted to, to write. Well, there just wasn't a lot of excitement in my life. So I think it forced me to kind of just dig deeply in my own kind of stomach and brain. Yeah. I think a lot of what came out of there was just like the juxtaposition of what it means to be, you know, a flawed human and, you know, a normal person kind of with like normal dreams and thoughts as well as kind of balancing that with, um, what it means to be like a traveling circus monkey. And, um, I think also, uh, a lot of it is just, you know, it's always the same stories about, you know, humans and people in my life, um, and the mundane and, um, you know, really, it really is just about, uh, human struggle and overcoming that struggle. And, uh, I guess, uh, living to see another day. You kind of mentioned the traveling circus kind of thing, right? That's sort of what your life is. But I, I would imagine sort of what you're saying as well is there's down times where you're not on tour or maybe you're not making a record or maybe you are. Is it a wild life that you live? Meaning in the way, is it very uh, different at times? And, you know, I mean, obviously the rock genre has a reputation for excess and hedonism. How do you balance that rock and roll sort of lifestyle and maintaining other parts of your life as well? To be honest, that was the hardest part in my 20s. You know, it was coming home and trying to get used to uh, the silence, I guess, was like a really, really, that, that those transitional periods are the things that really get you. Um, you know, life moves on without you while you're away. And, you know, not to get too emotional here, but your parents get older and you don't really get to watch it. And, you know, your friends get married and you don't want to lose your sense of reality as a human being just because you're an entertainer or a songwriter or just because you love to, you know, think about other things. And that was the hardest thing to get used to in my 20s, and I feel like I've gotten much, much better at it. You know, the balance, I think, it's all about um, how much you take out of the gas tank, I guess. Like, you you can't just keep on going back until you're empty. And I think that that is one thing you just learn with age. I think we learn that all of us, whether you're in a band or you're just a, you know, or you're doing something else for a living, you can't always go back until it's, uh, until it's gone. And that was the thing that kind of I had to learn in my youth. A few years ago, you guys got to open up a couple times, I think, for the Rolling Stones. And when you think about a band like Rolling Stones, you obviously think about the longevity there. Is it important for you to sort of prepare for the longevity as you live this life and as you're a band and and with your art? Yes. I mean, I want to be one of those artists where, you know, there's songs from every era that you can sink your teeth in, but you can't see the bottom of the list. That's my dream in this whole thing. I mean, I'm a workaholic, you know, like I just, I want to be around music. Uh, when I'm not, when I'm not on the road, I'm writing or producing or with the band rehearsing or talking about the band business with my brother, Jay. It's just, that's what brings me meaning. And, uh, honestly, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a pleasure. Like it's, I, I've re- I've learned to really like, I guess, lean into that and kind of accept that part. And it's actually allowed, uh, I think things to get easier in other parts of your life. Once you kind of figure out that, you know, that 30 days, 30 days of being busy doesn't look so bad. It's not as bad as it looks on a schedule because you wouldn't rather be doing anything else. So you, when you get that one day with your buddy, Brandon, 
you you go and you have your drinks and you're happy as hell. We mentioned the Glory Tour. Correct me if I'm wrong. 57 date tour you're getting ready to go out on. And we're talking about longevity. I saw a little clip of you you working on some of your health and hitting the heavy bag. And I must say, you got a pretty good, uh, nice couple hooks on you. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I used to do some amateur boxing when I was young. I never had like the killer streak. I was probably like, you know, not really that good. But I really, uh, boxing is a lifelong love of mine. And uh, yeah, basically for this tour, it's it it's uh, started creeping in my mind a couple months ago. Like this one, you got to be ready for. And I think that as a band and as just myself, I think I don't think I've been this ready since our first tour. And uh, that's just a very exciting feeling. It's like uh, re-energizing. I'm a boxing enthusiast. I'm a fan more than anything, but I do like to hit the heavy bag for some cardio. And I've actually switched over to an aqua bag, which is supposed to be better for your hands, although it doesn't always feel like it. But yeah, it looked. Uh, yeah, man, those are so they're so heavy. Those aqua bags are. Uh, I was hitting one like a few months ago at the boxing gym my brother goes to, and compared to my bag, it was like two rounds. Two rounds, I was dead tired. Um, my bag, I can do like five or six. I got a question for you though. Did you think that uh, did you think Crawford was going to beat Spence? So I follow a lot of boxing analysts. At first, I I did, but then I kept hearing everybody, you know, sort of break down and do the analysis of like of Spence. I actually put yeah. some money on it between you and me and lost. But man, talk about a dominant win there! That was one of the that on it like that was history. It was crazy. I couldn't couldn't believe. Couldn't believe that. Like four years ago, I was like, Crawford's going to crush Spence. And then the longer that the wait went on, I just thought it was just going to be too much for him. But yeah, man, that's like, he's, he's going to go down in history. He's one of the best. I actually love where boxing's at right now, you know, and I know there's a lot of goofy stuff going on with it, with the Jake Paul and all that, but it feels, it feels like a little bit of a rejuvenation in the boxing world for me. We're actually getting the fights that we want rather than, you know, ducking big matches. I think that we're seeing slowly fighters not be afraid to lose their heated records. Like, yeah. I think it's going to slowly come back to that uh, old-timey kind of era of, of like, uh, you know, feel I can feel it happening. Like, that Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia fight was really important for that. Exactly, yes. Yeah, and I think Floyd yeah. retiring has a lot to do with that. Because he was, you know, obviously yeah. known for sort of ducking some fights. And I mean, he was completely dominant, don't get me wrong. But we went a long time without getting the fights that we really wanted. And it feels like we're getting them now. And it feels like, sort of yeah. feels like 90s boxing was. Where the fights are just huge yeah. and they're covered well. And so, yeah, it's a fun time for boxing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's well, a good time to be a fan. It, it pisses me off so much sometimes. But uh, hopefully it keeps on trending in this direction. Are you an MMA fan as well? I'm not uh, really an MMA fan. I was I was um, I was late to it just because uh, like a lot of my love for boxing was in my uh, like early teens. Started in my early teens, so of course as a kid I had my nose turned up against MMA because it was slowly taking over the sport while I was getting into it. Um, and then uh, Packer started showing me all these fights. So I mean I'm not a huge uh, like can't call myself an MMA fan, but I certainly enjoy it. Like uh, the uh, Sean O'Malley guy he was telling me yeah. seems pretty sick. Yeah. And that Israel Adesanya, or what is it? Israel Adesanya? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. 
like I said, we've been spending this uh, new record, been loving it. Got to ask you about the Mercy Mercy video. Notice that you're uh, playing a little baby Taylor in that video. Is that something? Is that a guitar that you play a lot? Was that your guitar or was that just for the video kind of thing? Hell no. That was a last minute choice to do that video. And that was uh, that was actually the videographer's guitar. Um, so I don't actually uh, have any Taylors. I have a, an old, old Martins and... Um, and then the boys leave like, you know, 16 guitars here after band practice that I just fool around on. Um, the reason I asked is I actually own a baby Taylor and it's actually, you know, I've owned several guitars throughout, throughout my life, but my baby Taylor is like one of, one of my favorite guitars to play. And I'm not even sure why. Yeah. I've got this old kind of like Martin that I've broken a couple of times. Like a lot of the times the things that I like to play, just have this sentimental value. And I got this old like Martin that, I got when my grandfather passed. Uh, he gave me like fifteen hundred bucks or something, and I went and bought it. Um, so that's my main guitar. Man, I know your time's limited. I could sit here and talk well boxing and music all day, but uh, we are going to be catching you when you get into town Saturday, October fourteenth at Red Flag in St. Louis, Missouri. Doors are at six thirty. Twenty three dollars, all ages. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to go out and get or spin or stream whatever the kids are doing these days. The new record, Glory, out September sixth. Brett, we really appreciate your time and looking forward to connecting with you when you get into town. Yeah, thanks so much, man. It's great talking. Mother, I don't wanna take my Take these pills. I'm sick of being okay against my will. I'm